You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm honored to welcome back returning guest, Venny Koshis. Venny came onto the podcast for episode 76, the one right before this show, and we discussed how trauma manifests itself in adulthood, specifically in the areas of food issues. That was a great show, and I definitely encourage you to check it out if you haven't heard it already. On today's show, Venny and I are discussing some of her survivor story, healing from childhood sexual abuse, religious abuse, and being raised in a cult. We'll also talk about learning that one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves in our own journey is learning how to love ourselves and what that means individually for each survivor. The mindset shifts moving through the various feelings and emotions using journaling and art and how being an adult and free of the abuse means that nobody gets to tell us what we can and can't do for ourselves. Be sure and check out her website, art, poetry, and blogging at venicocious.com and let's join the conversation right now. Hey, Vinny, it is so awesome to have you here on Beyond Your Past. How are you, my friend? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for I just getting to talk to you again. It's great. Thank I you. know. I know. It is great. I, I had a blast on your show a while back, which I will definitely link yeah. in the uh, show notes. And I'm glad to be able to get you here on the podcast. And we're going to talk about some things going on in your life and your book and some of your survivor story and some of the, and just all kinds of great stuff. So why don't we take just a minute here or so, and you can introduce yourself to those who have not heard you or are not familiar with all the things that you were doing. Great. Okay. Uh, well, my name is Venny Koshis. That's K-O-C-S-I-S. And my website is Venny, V-E-N-N-I-E, K-O-C-S-I-S.com. I am a cult survivor my mother took me at three years old with my older siblings and she joined a uh, extremist cult called Sam Fife's Move of God. He had compounds all over the United States and they still exist today. I was in this cult for 11 years and uh, it was quite abusive. I suffered what I call poly abuse, which is uh, physical, sexual, mental abuse. And I've written a book about uh, my time there called Cult Child. So you can find that at my website. And uh, we were banished when I was 14. And I grew up with no electricity, no running water, no access to the outside world. I knew very little about society except for that it was apparently quite evil. And I was dumped into the world, which I am currently writing about right now in my sequel entitled Rise of Stilla. I chose to use uh, another name. It was an easier way for me to process the trauma, uh, to write it out. And so I'm a big supporter of trauma writing and 
and, and letting out our trauma through creativity. So I really, really focus in on that a lot as well. That's amazing. And I just, I love that you've been able to put a book out there that you share your experiences in such a relatable way. You know, when somebody reads your poetry you. or reads your blog post or, you know, follows you on Instagram and sees your art, like it's, it is so clear that your passion and your heart just shines through in what you write and oh, what you create. You. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of yours and, and just, oh, so I really appreciate because I know how hard it is to stand up and speak out mm-hmm. on controversial topics, you know, such as, you know, yeah. I mean, such as, you know, um, sexual abuse and, and physical abuse and ritual abuse mm-hmm. and, you know, problems in the church and all this stuff. It's, it's so taboo yeah. in so many ways when, but when somebody takes a stand and says, you know what, this is my experience and whether you, you know, agree with it or not, that's okay, but I'm sharing and I'm helping others. And Mm -hmm. I know just following the comments on your social media and on your blog posts and on your Instagram, you just reach so many people with just a message of this validating the struggles that they, you know, perhaps have been through or are, are, are maybe in the midst of, and to have somebody be able to share it from a real world perspective is just it's so healing. I know that I've gotten a lot of out of your uh, writings and your artwork and everything. Thank you so much. You know what? I mean, all of us as children were forced into compliance and silence. We, many of us were not allowed to even express emotion. I wasn't even allowed to, to do that, to have a voice, to say, this hurts, this doesn't hurt. Please don't do that. Stop that. It didn't exist. And we have the right to speak out and speak our truth and tell what happened to us and to hold accountability to our abusers. I don't like to be called mentally ill. I am not mentally ill. My abusers are mentally ill. I carry impairments that they left on me. And so that's very clear to me. And I hope survivors understand we're actually extremely brilliant very resilient Mm -hmm. and as much as it's difficult to see that in ourselves i i get it's very hard sometimes right you may get this when someone kind of gushes over you and you just because we were never complimented as children we don't know like how to feel about that or to embrace that or we were taught you know not to feed the flesh as in my you know uh, situation with religion that any kind of self-validation with self-serving. So that's a process. It is. It's a huge process. And you're right. You know, I mean, I know exactly what it feels like when somebody gives you a compliment. It feels weird and it feels kind yeah. of, kind of almost, you know, well, I don't really deserve that. Or, or, you know, maybe I think I deserve it, but no, wait, I shouldn't feel like that way because mm-hmm. I was, I, I was brought up thinking that, you know, that's bad and that you shouldn't indulge in pleasures and all that. So believe me, I get it. And I, I still, feel the same way whenever somebody gives me a compliment or, you know, thanks me for doing something. I'm kind of like, you know, yes, thank you. I appreciate it. But on the inside, I still cringe a little bit. And I, I may always do that. You know, that's just one of the after right. trauma that maybe, maybe we can get into a little bit along with, you know, the other things that, that we're going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, when you are forced into silence or you are, you know, shamed for, for trying to reach out and embrace something positive. And it's just like continuously beaten into you that no, 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 you can't do that. Or that's not right. Or, you know, I mean, just all kinds of things. It, it stays with you for a long time. It's one of the after effects of, 
of trauma, obviously one of the longstanding things yeah. that takes a long time to work through. Yeah. And, you know, I had to really work through the religious conditioning that was put on me. Uh, for instance, phrases like all glory be to God. So when a child grows up hearing phrases such as that, they are being programmed that everything they do, all the wonderful accomplishments that they have, the choices they make, that they don't deserve to take credit for that, that they must give their glory away. And naturally, I absolutely support every adult's right to choose to believe in any way that they wish, you know, and it harm none, do as you will. But I do believe that it definitely wore on my self-esteem as a child. I was a very and still, I'm a gifted person. I was an extremely great artist as a little girl and even wrote poetry that I would have to hide to not get caught letting out my emotions. Uh, but to think that I would have to thank a God for gifts that come from my own DNA, the ability to create art, to write, to put language together is a it can be self-defeating for a child they never learn to embrace the thankfulness for their own gifts to say these belong to me and i get to own them so i'm very passionate about that about letting a child own their own gifts yeah and you you truly have some just some incredible gifts and let's let's maybe go down that road a little bit and just how uh, as gratifying is maybe not the right word I'm thinking of here, but how does it feel mm -hmm. now to be able to have your own website, to have your own artwork, to be able to write your own poetry and your blog posts and have this voice that you didn't have as a child for so long and have things now that you didn't have for so long? Like, what does it mean to you to be able to do this, not only for yourself, but realize how much it impacts and helps others? Because I mean, I know I know as much as it has to be gratifying and feeling good, it also still has to be a struggle at times, I would think. It's really freeing. And you know how it is with creativity. You go on these lulls, right? So there will be, you know, maybe months that I don't create a piece of art, for instance. Um, art is a little bit of a different process for me. Uh, I would definitely, I definitely consider myself a writer and an author where uh, art is, Something emotional may happen in my life, and then I dump it into art. It's 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 crucial to my mental health. Uh, I couldn't imagine if it was taken from me. If I was told I wasn't allowed to create again, I surely would fall into a very deep depression. It would, I would, I would lose hope. Right. Um, outside of, of course, having a family which keeps me going, like my children and my grandchildren, but personally. If I weren't allowed to do what I call creative letting, uh, uh, seeping these emotions through whatever it is, journaling, uh, it would definitely be disastrous to my mental health. So it's important to me. Yeah, definitely. And about uh, being able to have that that uh, creative outlet, you know, it's just it really is part of you know, who we are and it, it, it gives us that space to just express without any limits and, you know, be mm -hmm. only, you know, using, using our imagination and our mind in just a very freeing open way. And whatever comes out, it comes out, you know, for you, it's artwork and for other people, it's music or mm -hmm. whatever the case is, you know, I just encourage everybody, whatever your outlet is that allows you to just 
let whatever comes into your mind come out on paper or in paints or in colors or in crafts or whatever it is. Utilize that as much as you can and whatever the inspiration yeah. comes because, you know, stifling something like that, you know, it is, you know, as, as you said, it can be such, it can be so damaging because it can bring up a lot of old habits or a lot, a lot of old mindsets and mm-hmm. things where, you know, if we don't allow that, that, that creativity to freeze or we don't give our time to express that outlet in that kind of way, it just, it, it can really be hurtful. So yeah, I grew up uh, very much in the depths of mind control and neuro-linguistic programming all around me. And I just launched a, a, a store, and uh, it has a lot of journals in it. And you can click it by going to my website. Uh, and what I love about these journals is that you get to choose the pages. So there's four different types of pages that you can get. Uh, blank, if you want to turn it into a sketchbook, if you're a, 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 you know, somebody who loves to draw, or lines, if you want to write. Uh, it even has kind of a, a, a system where you can do a, a task and to-do list in four little different sections, and then another one that's dots. Uh, but, and, and the covers of these journals is my art. And each one of them has a purpose and an intent. Uh, you know, I was a multiple personality disorder carrier for a very long time and did many years of integration on that uh, to come into where I stand now. And so I think that I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, I can't write. I'm not a good writer. I'm not a good poet. I don't know anything about poetry. I'm a big supporter of just freestyle writing. I have journals with fragments of phrases in it. Even things like, you know, I'm pissed today. This is what happened. It's simply um, some people use exercise, right, to uh, expel their tenseness or their stress. The same it is for me with writing. Uh, And I do have to say this about art. I have a trauma journal, and inside of that trauma journal are some of the worst things that happened to me as a child. And if people choose to read about that in my book, that's fine. I'd like to be careful because I don't know who's going to listen. I don't share those photos or those drawings, I'm sorry, with anyone. And, And you would be quite surprised to know that the drawings in that journal are extremely primitive. They look like they were drawn by like maybe a three or four-year-old, five, six, seven, somewhere around that age. Uh, One doesn't have to be a prolific artist or a prolific writer just to get it out, you know, get it out of your skin. Don't hold it in. That, That to me is the most important of anything. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's something that a lot of times keeps us from from going down that road of embracing creativity or trying something new or because we see other people who are, quote unquote, doing it better than we are. And we compare ourselves to them and we're yeah. like, well, you know, our drawing can't ever be that good. So why should I even bother? Or I can't write like so and so. So why should I start a blog or yeah, whatever? And I mean, believe me, I am as guilty as anybody of, uh, you know, comparing myself to somebody and it's a struggle um, because, you know, it, it can be so freeing when you just let your mind flow. And, you know, yeah. as you said, just doing stick figures, I mean, it doesn't matter really what it necessarily looks like as long as it comes from you and you have your heart and soul into it. And, 
you know, I mean, stick figures can be just as powerful as this gigantic, you know, canvas with all types of yeah. artsy things about it that I don't even understand. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. using simple things like stick figures and, you know, you know, little words and phrases to get out what's in your head. I mean, something like that is very easy to understand something that, 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 you know, almost anybody can relate to. So there, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with doing something your own way. And it doesn't matter what yours looks like or sounds like compared to somebody else. It's your story. It's your um, message that you want to get out. It's the things in your head that you want to share. And it doesn't matter necessarily what anybody else thinks. It's that you're doing this for you. And there will always be a certain group of people that get it and, you know, some that don't, and that's okay. But, you know, ultimately as much as we all enjoy sharing a blog post or doing a podcast or doing artwork or writing a song or whatever it is, as much as we all love getting people to to comment it and share it and like it and all that, ultimately we did it for us. And that's really what it's all about. Yes. I so agree. Um, Jim Carrey has a quote that says people who are different have a shot at being original. And that's the key. And there's something that I hope that people will remember. Just because someone isn't interacting with your post doesn't mean that they're not reading and watching and observing. People are quite shy sometimes on the Internet. Um, I I have a group that I run for empaths where there's uh, over 2,000 members and maybe only 10 people consistently contribute to the group. The rest are quite silent and read probably and are there just for their own quiet purpose. So occasionally, of course, I do make posts that are directed at, at, at hoping people will read them. And then a lot of times it is just me just giving it away. Erica Badu said the moment that you put something on the internet, it doesn't belong to you anymore. And that's part of my process too of posting things, right? Is that now I've given it away. I'm not holding it anymore. Now it's on the internet and it belongs to anybody who touches it. And when you think of the internet as a container for your emotions, if it's something that you're feeling sad or negative, you can look at it as a way of like, I'm going to give this away. I'm not going to hold this anymore. I'm going to give it to the internet to billions of strangers. And now I don't own it anymore. That's such a cool way to think about it. And you know, when I first started blogging and putting stuff on the internet, like when you hit that submit button on a, on a post or, 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 or something that you share, it is, I mean, as scary as it can be. And, and believe me, I get it. I mean, it can be scary, especially early on when I was writing, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to tell people this. But when you do that and you actually do release it to the world and to everybody, and you're like, you know what, this is my story. This is my stuff. These are my struggles. This is my win today. This is what's in my head, whatever. When you release that out there, it's if you actually allow yourself to embrace how freeing it is, I mean, that's incredibly mm-hmm. powerful. And, you know, it's really something that I've I really tried to to really run with ever since I started writing and doing podcasts and stuff. And you know what? It may not be exactly perfect or it may not be up to somebody else's standards, but I did it. I'm happy with it. I released mm-hmm. it and now I'm not holding on to whatever caused me to need to write that or to create that or to do that because it's out there and I can now go on and work on the next thing or I can take some time for myself and really just let it out there. And you're right. Um, you know, just to reiterate too, 
it's not always about how many people are sharing something because you never know who's going to read something at, at three o'clock in the morning when they're, when they're sitting there, you know, in their yeah. room or laying in bed in the dark, wondering if they should go on or wondering, you know, if anybody else actually yeah. cares. And then they stumble across your blog post, your artwork, that song you wrote, that meme that, that, that you put out there, <clears throat> excuse me. And that keeps them from doing something drastic or that gives them hope to keep going the next day. So I just, I really think that was something good I wanted to share there too. Uh, yes, because have you ever just kind of been sitting at home and you have this urge to post something? I, I'll have this happen to me. And I, I used to kind of go, I don't know. Now I just do it because I think sometimes maybe our intuition is pulling us because there is someone who may need us at that moment. And we post whatever it is, maybe a, a, a positive phrase will come in my head and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to share that. And so I do. And we are reaching people and it is a difficult subject to talk about our abuse, especially sexual abuse. For so many people, it's shameful. And I'm proud to be a voice for those who aren't ready to speak yet. I'm proud to be a voice for my fellow cult survivors who can't talk about what happened to them. It was too horrific. But I will. I'm okay with being that spokesperson um, and standing at the front of this, this, this crowd as far as my cult survivors go and saying, this isn't okay. It has to stop. And what can we do on an activism level? to start protecting children more. Yeah, absolutely. So well said. And I, and you never know what type of, of next advocate or next voice is going to be raised up because of something that you wrote. Mm -hmm. So you're right. I mean, I think every, I don't know if you want to use the word generation, but you know, there, there are people who were, who were voices before us and there will be people who will be voices after us. And if something we do, help someone to find a voice, then that's really all the better. I mean, ultimately your healing journey is always about you first and foremost, because you're the one that lives with you. You're the one that deserves to heal. But if you end up, you know, able to inspire somebody else along the way, which generally usually happens, that's, that, that's just a bonus. But I really think that, you know, the work that you're doing is definitely going to be raising up more voices in the future to really, you know, take this, uh, topic this baton if you will and run with it and keep the the conversation going keep the advocacy work going keep the the voices out there happening and and i think that's really just such an incredible gift that when you can find your voice it doesn't matter how long it takes you or what it sounds like when you can find that voice it is as freeing and empowering for you as it is for countless people that you'll never see i think that Brene Brown, I love her so much. And her speech about why our critics do not count was a game changer for me because I came to understand and I've had negative reviews. I really urge people don't pay attention to your book reviews. (laughs) My friend, Kathy O'Brien, who wrote PTSD Time to Heal, fabulous, fabulous workbook for anybody from veterans to uh, I highly recommend it. It helped me a lot, especially if you have, you know, repressed memories or blank spots in your childhood. It really helps you with the writing process. But um, I kind of forgot what I was uh, uh, saying there when when I kind of sidelined it into into talking about that. 
had a point and I lost it. <laughs> I do it all the time. I do it all the time. <laughs> kind of, kind of cue me a little bit about what we were talking about. But you were talking about Brene Brown a little bit just now. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, what I was going to say is my friend, Kathy O'Brien told me, you know what, don't pay attention to your book reviews. Because for a while, when I first put my book out, I was really paying attention to them. I thought I thought I had an obligation to answer everyone. Uh, I would feel an emotion if someone gave me a negative review. I've also had people come and attack my book, right? Apologists, um, I even had uh, somebody from the False Memory Society come and attack my book. Um, I learned to ignore them, to not read them. They don't matter. Our critics do not count. And when I accepted that and realized, who cares? What I mean, first of all, there's something wrong with someone who would ever attack an abuse survivor. Uh, disbelieve their story, say negative things about them, uh, and realizing that that has nothing to do with us. We can still go on and be strong. So once I embraced that, I uh, that changed me. It really did. I really am in a place that I absolutely, I just don't care what anybody has to say negative about me. I am here to support my fellow survivors some of the most heartwarming moments for me are when I get a message from someone who says, I've lived my whole life trying to put my pieces together. And I went today on Google and I put in Sam Fife's move of God and I found you. I know what that feels like when I first found my fellow cult survivors. You feel like you found your family. You have an, oh my God, I'm not alone. This is what matters to me is that people know they're not alone. There's a great support system between you and I love Rachel Thompson and what she's doing with sex abuse chat and um, the DID chats that go on and people just connecting, sharing each other's stories and through that finding tips and ways to cope and all kinds of wonderful things. I think we have an amazing support uh, network out there. Oh, we definitely do. I mean, one of the first ways that I that I began to find my voice outside of of you know talking to a a therapist and a coach was the online community of just googling certain topics and finding you know Twitter chats and 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 Facebook groups and you know people like um, Rachel Thompson and you know all these people who are doing uh, uh, PTSD chats and and mental health chats all around the world. Bobby and, Parrish is oh, another yeah. one. Yeah, I yeah, really I mean, love her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just the the support system for survivors is is something is just really gigantic. I mean, there are millions of us all over the world, millions and millions mm -hmm. and millions of survivors of all different types of abuse. And you know, when survivors are some of the most and and you mentioned it too, some of the most compassionate, caring, um, safe people in so many ways that you will ever find because they just get it and. Yeah. They, they they understand what it means to struggle and perhaps they have been in a, in a, in a really tough situation and they found a way out of it, or maybe they're in the midst of one or they're heading into one. There's always somebody out there who is either at where you are or has been and can offer just a shoulder to cry on or to vent to, or to just get some perspective or offer some resources and some perspective for you as a survivor. And yeah, I mean, you find so much, so much peace and 
community in the community of of survivors when you actually just take a little time to reach out and try and be vulnerable a little bit and share and listen to what people are saying and then slowly get your voice in your own time and in your own way it just it's incredibly healing and i think it's really kind of a vital part of healing if you ask me I agree. And I think that people are very, very scared of judgment. And I think that we have to understand that number one, people are going to judge us because there's judgmental people out there and there's nothing we can do about it. And what we can do is ignore them though. We can ignore them and we can continue to speak. Uh, You were talking about my store earlier and I have a couple of t-shirts, one for guys and one for girls. You know, I started the hashtag survivor voices Mm-hmm. And I, you know, which segued into a Survivor Voices show, which I, I do a podcast as well. And I think it's a great T-shirt because it's just the hashtag in Survivor Voices. It's a conversation starter. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you my story. And suddenly you may find that you're talking to someone who's never had a chance to tell their story. And that's how conversations get started, where sparks of of immortality happen because we just have one sentence or we're wearing a shirt. I mean, that was my whole intent in creating this shirt, right, was in the hopes that wearing it would start a conversation of saying, this happened to me too. There are so many people who are holding so much trauma inside and all they need is someone to listen to them believe their story, understand that it has left behavioral things we need to work through, anxieties, um, certain special needs we have. And once we're able to talk about that and share that with each other, then an understanding happens. And that's where mindfulness and love comes in, I think. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, loving yourself and mindfulness and so many things that come with reaching out and being vulnerable and sharing your story and finding your voice. Like, I mean, when I was in the, in, in the midst of my, well, okay, well probably the midst isn't the right word because I'm always healing. But when I was in like some really deep parts of healing and struggling with a lot of things that maybe we can go into next that you struggle with, it's hard to find your voice and it's hard to, to share something because you feel so much shame and you feel so much anger and sorrow and frustration and confusion. And, you know, you feel like, you know, nobody's going to understand. And, um, you know, but the, the reality is that if you can just find a way to embrace that, that you are not alone and in a way that feels congruent and safe to you, I mean, it really just, it opens up your world to just a way of healing that you really can't fathom when you're sitting there in the depths of despair and feeling alone and, and, and feeling alone and, and struggling with so many things, but man, just take the time to, to reach out to, to somebody safe or, or to, or to, to join a chat. And, you know, you don't have to join right away and talk right away, but just listen and read and see what everybody's saying and start to slowly realize that no matter what you're struggling with, there's somebody else out there that's been through it or that that is going through it. And just by seeing somebody else talk about it out loud can be very empowering, you know, for, for you to be able to start to say, Hey, you know, I've, this happened to me too, or this happened to my spouse or my friend. And, 
you know, it just, it really is. I can't say enough about the power of, of engaging with other people who are willing and able to share their voice because it inspires you to share yours. Yes. And, you know, I even have a lot of empathy for people who are still in their victim mode, in their, in their trauma mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. I went through a, a deep period of my life and, and I can look back, you know, 15, 20 years ago at poetry I was writing and really see, you know, how much pain I was in. And I lived for a long time thinking, I really did believe this, that if I healed, I would have nothing to create anymore. I would have no more pain left and therefore no more inspiration for what I was creating. So there was one thing I was stuck in. And then also I was stuck in not accepting the fact that healing is a choice. It truly is. We can either choose to stay connected to that pain or choose to figure out ways to cope through it. And when I finally did make that choice, and you may have had this experience, I can remember looking back and thinking, what the hell did I wait so long for? Like, really? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, my God, Benny. You missed <laughs> out so many years. And I have made more art. And I've written books. And I've created so much more amazing things. I mean, not to, to, to discount what I did create, but I'm just saying if anybody out there is living in that mindset that they can't heal or um, nobody's going to love them or pay attention to them if they're not a victim anymore, right? That's not true. In fact, a whole new world will open for them. Um, you will find more friendships. You will find more balance, more boundaries, more creativity. Your mind just, just, just becomes a river. And, so that honestly took me years just to get over that hump of choosing to heal and segueing into what we we're going to talk about. I was at my heaviest weight, uh, a little bit over 300 pounds at a size 24 in incredible fibromyalgia pain because of it. And I don't know if most people know this, but it's a scientific fact that fibromyalgia is about 80 to 90% emotion-based. So, you know, unless you've had an injury, of course, in which case fibromyalgia can, you know, stem from spinal issues and, and other things. But for the most part, when we look at the history of it, it's a trauma-based society. We are the children of the trauma-based society of the spankers, of the belters of the way that we were raised. When I got to that point where I could barely brush my hair, my scalp hurt so bad, I was miserable. That was a breaking point. I mean, I had a lot of different breaking points I could share in moments of enlightenment for me, but I was just like, I was on so much medication, over-the-counter medication for pain and muscle relaxers, and I was living life in a fog of pain inside and outside, and I just finally said, I cannot live like this anymore, and I didn't overwhelm myself with the bigger picture. That's another thing, too, like, don't say, oh, my God, I need to lose 100 pounds. Say, this month, I'm going to try to lose 10. And stick to that. And 
bunch it up and be patient with yourself and congratulate yourself uh, that you are doing the work. And remember, it's a process that doesn't happen overnight. You have to be patient. And the more I saw progress happen, my weight was dropping. My bones weren't aching so bad. I quit smoking cigarettes. My fibromyalgia dropped. As soon as I got through, and then I would have periods of detoxing because as far as weight goes, you have a layer of fat, you have a layer of toxins, you have a layer of fat, right? So every once in a while, I would get a little fluish as I was detoxing. Once I understood what was happening with my body, I could accept it and care for myself as I went through these processes instead of fighting against it. I don't fight against my negative emotions anymore. If I feel sad, I just go, oh my gosh, I'm like feeling sad today. So what do I do? Maybe I need to go take a walk. Maybe I need a nap. Maybe I need a day in bed to just care for myself. That's not based out of depression, right? Finding those things that just soothe you. What would you do for a sick child? I say, what would I have done for myself as a little girl? When instead of being taken to the doctor and cared for, I had 105 fever with the flu and I had elders standing around my bed praying over me. Okay, so now I'm not feeling well, but now I'm an adult and I'm not that little girl anymore. So I don't have to be triggered. So what would I do for that little girl now? Well, I would hold her. I would give her a bath. I would go get her some sorbet. I would make her hot tea. I would put a comforting movie on or music. You see, it's looking at yourself like getting to be the child you didn't get to be, but now you get to give that to yourself. And that's so crucial for me. And that's how I treat myself now. I get to love me now. Nobody gets to not, you know, tell me that I can't do that. I'm free. So that is so important that people understand when you're an adult, you're free and you don't have to suffer anymore. Yeah, that's so true. And I know that we were, we were planning on talking some more and in terms of the uh, specific types of struggles along with, you know, the uh, food addictions or the uh, sexual abuse. And I think Mm. uh, what we've also really talked about is just, understanding that it is um, a journey and that, you know, the freeing yeah. things that come with, with, with being an adult and having that choice that you didn't have before. And I mean, I, I have, I had, I had so many things pop into my head over that last, you know, five, five minutes or so that you were talking. And one of the things that jumped out was one of the first things that you said, and that was that you sat, you know, you know, with yourself or, and, and you said that, if I don't struggle anymore, I have no way to share anything. You know, I have no creative mm-hmm. outlet. I have, I have nothing more to give. And I'm telling you, like, I had this, this, this like light bulb come off of my head or this chill or whatever you want to call it. I cannot tell you how many times I talked with a, a coach or with my therapist and said that exact thing. I would say, you know, wow. if I don't struggle, if I'm not stuck, I can't write. I can't do a podcast. I can't figure out a way to deal with all of this. Nobody's going to want to hear my story. Everybody's going to want to reject me. And I'm I'm telling you, I sat there. I cannot tell you how many times I said that. And that was, you know, years ago that I said it. And it took me a long time to go through it, just like you. But since then, you know, I've, you know, I've got all these blog posts, all these podcasts and, you know, all these things that I'm doing now. 
but it is such a, well, it can be such a debilitating thing to sit with when you are, when you are trying to rationalize being stuck and being miserable and hurting versus trying to heal and finding reasons not to heal because you feel like nobody's going to listen to you unless you're stuck. Like, and I mean, I, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, that goes with, with healing from sexual abuse or, you know, you know, trying to lose weight or healing from whatever type of trauma or past circumstances it is, you staying stuck is not going to, to help you get your voice out more. I mean, your, your voice is going to come out in whatever way it comes out, no matter where you are in your journey. Like there's always going to be people who are starting journeys and, and, and being in different places in the world to where they can relate to what you've created when you were in that time and in that space. But when you start to, to, to move forward from things that are holding you back, be it food addictions or trauma or whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever things in your past or current uh, life, when you start to move forward to those, you get all these new ideas of things that you can do and people you can talk to. There's a whole new group of people that you can help. There's all new things that you can do on your own behalf that you couldn't do before because you were still in the middle of a dark place. But once you start to move forward from that, like your mind just opens up so many new possibilities of things that you can do that you couldn't. I mean, I just, I, I, I was nodding my head and just kind of cheering you on saying, yes, I sat there. Like I did that shit. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, I find too, when I was writing Colt Child, it was completely excruciating and took me seven years to write one because five of those years was me verifying and placing all my memories together. But during that time, was when I was going through this detoxing part of myself as well. And I think people get really overwhelmed with everything they think they need to do now. And I realized, you know what? I don't have to do all of that now. I, I wrote a, 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 I have a journal. It's called Becoming Gratitude that you can get on Amazon. And it's a super simple journal. But I made it based off of a system that I made for myself. Because I thought one day, you know what? If I have been programmed through abuse to hate myself, then surely I've got to figure out a way to re deprogram and reprogram, right? Um, back to my authentic self. Who would I have been had I been born into a life that allowed me to be free? Uh, there's a misconception that trauma is used like for confession. And that's actually not quite true. If you think of it like this, right? Um, that trauma uh, will say anything to get somebody to stop hurting us. So will we get actual fact out of trauma? No. But if you use trauma to infuse a certain concept into somebody, that's going to work. And that's why it's used on children. So I went to Office Depot and I bought that pack of multicolored stickies. And had you seen my apartment at this time, literally they were everywhere, all over the wall, with just one liners on my front door, on my fridge, in my mirror, in my bathroom, in my bedroom, things that I wanted, um, you are enough, uh, on my refrigerator, remember to eat healthy, remember to love yourself, um, your body is sacred. You want to live long. All of these little stickies, and I'm going to tell you what, Matt, within 30 days, that's all it took of me just seeing those colors and those phrases all around me, 
I was already thinking. It was that quick that I started to reprogram back to the fact that every baby is born to love themselves. It gets stolen from them by the way that they are raised. And so I did that simple process and I thought, gosh, you know, I started writing things like from the perspective of my senses. And I thought, this would be a great little easy journal that takes someone five minutes of their day that helps them reprogram their mind to reflect on their day in a positive way. Most people reflect on their day and everything that went wrong. But how often do we sit and reflect on our day of all the great things that happened? So I needed to go through that process. Um, And I also found out that healing doesn't mean that pain is eliminated. Healing means that you learn how to work through your pain. So before I was in pain and I was in anger and I was projecting that behaviorally on myself and others. So I was self-abusing and self-sabotaging by being unhealthy. And I would often lash out at others defensively. When I realized that that was not me, that's not who I really am. That was part of my detoxing. So as I began to love myself, those behaviors, they fell away on their own. It wasn't even something I really had to actively work on. I just had to actively work on loving me. And once you go, you know what? I am someone. I am worthy of love. I am gifted. All those other things just kind of evaporate inside of that self-love. And that's what makes that process beautiful for me. You know, it's something that I fully embrace um, in my own life and with people I work with and coaching and whatnot is if you can learn it, you can unlearn it. And, you know, the same thing, you know, like you were saying, you know, if you if you learn something, then you can retrain your brain, you know, to go in a more compassionate, healthy um, way. And I just like, I know that originally we were going to talk about, you know, some of these specific things that you, that you struggle with, mm-hmm. but I think this, this podcast has really kind of morphed into something beautiful in, in, in a different way. And mm-hmm. that is, yeah, we've yeah. been like inspiring and, and sharing different ways that, you know, your art helps and, and the ways that the journaling helps and the mindset shift and moving forward from that from that uh, place of being stuck and feeling like you have to stay stuck in order to be heard to really being okay with branching out and embracing the healing and the empowering feeling that comes with that and and understanding where that leads you um, out of such a dark place and into such a place of light and of hope and I just I really think that this 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 show really just took on a really unique beautiful twist and in, in just the way that you were able to share some of your experiences and the struggles and the things that have worked for you, because we as survivors, whether it's, you know, whether it's religious abuse or whether it's physical abuse or it's sexual abuse or emotional neglect or whatever it is that you struggled with, it's really about how can I get to a place of not feeling so miserable and so alone and so stuck and so scared and so isolated and so confused and so angry. And, you know, and so invalidated, how, how can I do things 
to help myself work through that. And you share just a whole lot of great things that, that have worked for you. Obviously, some things that I can relate to and things that I hope many people can relate to. So I really, I just, I think that this, this really just turned out to be such um, an, an incredible hour of, of healing and sharing ways that somebody who's been in, in the depths of so much trauma, as so many of the listeners of the podcast are and the readers of your blog and this ha- have been mm-hmm. or are at. And anytime that we can share our experiences, not because we're better than anybody else, but because we've been there and because we know what it means to still struggle. You know, I think it's just, I love, you know, what you've been able to share today. Like, I just think it's amazing. Thank you so much. And you know what? I would love to come back on and talk with you more deeply about subjects, too, that I'm very passionate about, child sexual abuse, you know, which I experienced from multiple uh, males as a child and one female. And, 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 and even how that intersects with, you know, the way that I felt about my body and the way that I saw life. I have a lot of survivors go, oh, my gosh, you know, where do I start? You start with your thoughts. You know, that's why I promote these journals. Like I have like seven journals and each one of them, you'll find all kinds of different writing. Um, Sometimes I write letters to my abusers about how I'm feeling that day because I had a flashback and something pissed me off and it pisses me off that I have to live with that. So what do I do with that anger when I feel it? Because it's really pain, right? It never goes away completely. How do we process it? I come home and I grab my journal. My kids are going to have fun with my journals <laughs> when they're going through <laughs> stuff after I depart this dimension. But, um, you know, I, I talk about that. I just say, you know, dear abuse, I have a, a blog post called The Letter to the Defense. Um, and it's a letter to my abusers of what they did to me. And we get to have that voice. And so that's why I say it doesn't matter if you have all your memories. It doesn't matter if people believe you. You can write a fragmented sentence that says, um, dark room uh, smells moldy. Maybe that's all you have at that moment. Write it down. Put a date on it. Keep it moving. You may get part of that memory later. But the crucial part of it is that you document it. And so that's what I tell people. Just start. Just go for it. Just dump what's already in your head. I still get memories coming up from, from things that happened mm-hmm. a long time ago. I mean, I still do. I mean, it's not as many, it's not as frequent as it used to be, but they still do come up. And sometimes, you know, a trigger will hit me and a new realization will, will come out of that or some new memory of something that happened that triggered that, you know, feeling comes into my head and I have to deal with it. But the, the, the thing is, is that I have more tools now to deal with it than I did before. And I can deal with it in a more healthy way. And I'm not beating myself up. I'm not stuck for nearly as long um, because, you know, I put in the hard work of healing and you have put in so much hard work of healing and so many people are putting in the hard work of healing. And, you know, if, if you're someone who's, who's in the middle right now of some deep, dark things, keep going. I mean, write it down. Like she said, just get some words down. And, and so, so you can, you can keep the memories coming and, you know, the pieces putting together of the puzzle and you know perhaps you get inspired to do to do some type of artwork and maybe you can only do a little bit at a time here and there just mm-hmm. keep keep taking those baby steps like healing from trauma to me is always all about baby steps that's how i had to embrace it like if i if i tried to look yes. back and say <laughs> i am i am right now stuck in the middle of all this crap and i need to f- 
to heal and feel better and feel like X, Y, and Z. If I try and see that far down the road, I just quit. I'm like, you know what? This sucks. I can't do it. It's too right. far away. It's overwhelming. So, yes. Yeah. So embracing the journey, taking those little baby steps and seeing how the puzzle gets kind of put together and how your story forms and how things begin to shift, I think is really just so important. Yeah, I used to obsess a lot about what was in the dark spaces. What's in the dark spaces? What's there? I've got to find it. I don't obsess over that anymore because I realized that as I got healthier, my body actually gave me more memories. And I just want to throw in there that I have a painting of one of my near-death experiences as a child. And I have been working on that painting now for six years. So I, I like because they came to me as you were talking about painting piece by piece because it's so emotional for me. There's been times I've taken it out and looked at it thinking I was ready to work on it more and my body went, uh-uh, and I put it back away and I'm okay with that. It's becoming okay with that of, of just being okay with the pieces and just kind of storing them, knowing you can go back to them later. Yeah, that's the beauty of this journey is is that while it is a struggle and it is difficult, you can always go back and work on some of those things because there's no rush. Like there's no, there's no timetable. There's nobody that says that you have to heal in the next X amount of time. Otherwise, you know, then, you know, you can't heal. Like it just doesn't work that way. And, you know, I know that so often we're in a rush and I used to sit in a therapist's office office and say to my, and say to her, and say to myself, my God, why is this taking so long? Why can't I do this? Why can't I get to where you are? Why can't I get to where this other person is? And man, when, when you can finally get to a place where you just accept where you are and realize that it's okay and that somebody else who's on a journey might heal at a, well, you know, at, at a faster rate or, you know, obviously at a different rate than what you are, but that's okay because this is your, this, this is your journey, not theirs. And ultimately this is about you and you doing the things that are right for you in your own time and not rushing it just because you want to get somewhere to get some kind of a feeling like it'll, it'll come in time. And it took me a long time to get there, but man, when I did, it was, it was, it was quite freeing. Yeah. Because I think if you don't do that, that's where you end up starting to mask. So you're walking around with a smile on your face, but inside you're miserable and that's never ever a good space to be. You need to be able to be real. When someone asks, me how are you doing today Benny if I'm not having a good day I'll look at him and I'll say so so but I'm getting through it I don't lie and go I'm great right I just say hey you know what it's one of those days but I'm getting through it thanks for asking be you be authentic it's okay um where it begins to be an issue is where the neediness comes in and that's where you work on yourself and work on yourself soothing methods because I realized that when it all comes down to it, sometimes at moments, all you have is yourself and you have to be able to care for yourself. And that's super important to me. Yeah, it totally is. I I think it's a great way to wrap this up is, is, is to realize that this is your journey. It's your time taking care of yourself in your own way and being okay with what happens and when it happens. I realize that it's a process and no two journeys are alike for anybody else. It doesn't matter how similar, excuse me. It doesn't matter how similar your, your trauma is to anybody else. We all process things in our own time, in our own way. We all have our own struggles. And you know, this is really, this journey is about you taking back your life, 
and finding the things that were stolen from you and that were pushed down and, and, and pushed aside and, and, and chastised for so long to being an adult now and finding your voice and learning all kinds of new amazing things about yourself that you maybe forgot or maybe never knew about yourself. And now you're like, wow, like I, you know, I actually find that I enjoyed doing this and maybe I never realized that before. And it just like things like that, those, those kind of light bulb moments as I've always tried to use that, that, that term is something that um, just, it's such, it's such a beautiful part of healing from something so traumatic and terrible. Yeah, it is. And to accept yourself. And yes, I mean, I just mirror everything that you say. I just, I think you're really amazing, Matt. And, and you're a strong voice with males, um, especially when it comes to abuse. And I know that with males, sometimes it's very difficult to talk about. And I appreciate you. We need people like you and the Good Men Project and the things that you guys are doing. Um, so I just wanted to take the time to acknowledge that and say thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I accept that it means a lot. And, you know, you're, you're, you are one of the uh, people who, who I connected with early on in my, yeah. in my uh, survivor journey or, you know, out, out on social media in particular was, you know, coming across your blog and, and, you know, on some of the Twitter chats that I was on that you had already been on. And, and so I, you know, I just appreciate your work and I always look forward to getting an email whenever there's a new post or, you know, some, something oh. new on Instagram that comes through. <laughs> I always read it and I try to share it because I just, I love supporting you and what you're doing. And I think that your, your particular type of, 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 of message is just, you know, helps so many people. And I'm honored to, to call you a friend and, and, and to help support you really in any way that I can, because I believe in your message, like just a billion percent. Oh, thank you so much. That is so kind and heartwarming. I appreciate you. I really do. I, I love our support circle and I just urge anybody, just come on. We don't care who you are. We just want to support you and, and you will feel warmth and love and support within this circle. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day, knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.